Chapter Forty of Bunyip Land. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. This reading by Lucy Burgoyne. Bunyip Land by George Manville Fenn. Chapter Forty. How Jimmy cried cooey, and why he called. Why, Jip, I said in a low voice, what is it, old fellow? He whined and growled and turned back, trotting towards the burning village. Yes, I know it's on fire, I said. Come along. But the dog would not follow. He whined and snuffled and ran back a little farther, when from some distance behind I heard a rustling and a panting noise which made me spring round and cock my gun. Followed, I said to myself, as I continued my retreat, but only to stop short, for from the direction in which we had come, I heard whispered, more than called, the familiar cry of the Australian savage, a cry that must, I knew, come from Jimmy, and this explained Jip's appearance. Cooey! There it was again, and without hesitation, I walked sharply back, Jip running before me as he would not have done had there been an enemy near. There was the panting and rustling again as I retraced my steps, with the light growing plainer, and in less than a minute I came upon Jimmy trudging slowly along with a heavy burden on his back a second glance at which made me stop speechless in my tracks. Mas Joe, Jimmy got em father. Much big heavy, Jimmy got em right fuss. He panted with the exertion, for he tried to break into a trot. I could do no more than go to his side and lay my trembling hands upon the shoulder of his burden, a man whom he was carrying upon his back. Go on. I said hoarsely, Forward, Jip, and stop them. The dog understood the word forward, and went on with a rush, while I let Jimmy pass me, feeling that if he really had him we thought he was performing my duty, while all I could do was to form the rear guard and protect them, even with my life, if we were pursued. Either the dog was leading close in front, or the black went on by a kind of instinct, in the way taken by our companions. At any rate, he went steadily on, and I followed, trembling with excitement, ten or a dozen yards behind, in dread lest it should not be true that we had succeeded after all. The light behind us increased, so that I could plainly see the bent, helpless load upon our follower's back, but the black trudged steadily on, and I followed, panting with eagerness and ready the moment Jimmy paused to leap forward and try to take his place. The fire must have been increasing fast, and the idea was dawning upon me. Perhaps this was a plan of the black's, who had set fire to one of the huts, and then seized the opportunity to get the prisoner away. It was like the Australian to do such a thing as this, 
for he was cunning and full of stratagem, and though it was improbable the idea was growing upon me, when all at once a tremendous weight seemed to fall upon my head, and I was dashed to the earth, with a sturdy savage pressing me down, dragging my hands behind me, and beginning to fasten them with some kind of thong. For the moment I was half stunned, then the idea came to me of help being at hand. I was about to cooey and bring Jimmy to my side, but my lips closed and I set my teeth. No, I thought, he may escape. If anyone is to be taken, let it be me. My turn will come later on. My captor had evidently been exerting himself a great deal to overtake me, and after binding me he contented himself by sitting upon my back, panting heavily to rest himself, while, knowing that struggling would be in vain, I remained motionless, satisfied that every minute was of inestimable value, and that once the doctor knew of the black's success, he would use every exertion to get the captive in safety, and then he would be sure to come in search of me. Then I shuddered, for I remembered what Mr. Francis had said about the people being infuriated at such a time, and as I did so I felt that I was a long way yet from being a man. All at once my captor leaped up, and seizing me by the arm, he gave me a fearful wrench to make me rise to my feet. For some minutes past I had been expecting to see others of his party come up, or to hear him shout to them, but he remained silent, and stood at last hesitating or listening to the faint shouts that came from the glow beyond the trees. Suddenly he thrust me before him, shaking his waddy menacingly, the next moment he uttered a cry. There was a sharp crack as one of the war clubs striking another, and then I was struck down by two men struggling fiercely. There were some inarticulate words and a snarling and panting like two wild beasts engaged in a hard fight, and then a heavy fall, a dull thud, and the sound of a blow as if someone had struck a tree branch with a club. I could see nothing from where I lay, but as soon as I could recover myself, I was struggling to my feet, when a black figure loomed over me, and a familiar voice said hoarsely, "'Where must Joe knife? Cut em tring. "'Jimmy,' I said, "'my father. "'Set em down. Come look, Mass Joe. "'Come, long fast.' Jip, take care, Jimmy, fudder till, and come back again, again. As Jimmy spoke, he thrust his hand into my pocket for my knife, while I was too much interested in his words to remind him that there was my large sheath knife in my belt. Come long, he said, as he set me free, and we were starting when he stopped short. No tie black fellow up first, no, can't top. Before I knew what he meant to do, he had given the prostrate black a sharp rap on the head with his waddy. Jimmy, I said, 
You'll kill him. Kill him? No, make him sleep, sleep. Come long. He went off at a sharp walk, and I followed, glancing back anxiously from time to time and listening, till we reached the spot where he had set down his burden, just as the doctor came back, having missed me, and being in dread lest I had lost my way. I did not speak, I could not, but threw myself on my knees beside the strange, long-haired, thickly bearded figure seated with its back against a tree, while the doctor drew back as soon as he realized that it was my father the black had saved. End of chapter 40